welcome to Season 9 of the Lit and Lucid Podcast. Here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid Podcast. We are here in Season 9 of the show. Uh, So thank you all for joining us this season. We have lots of special guests uh, lined up for the season, so hopefully you guys all join us as our journey gets all the way through up to episode 100, which will be a huge milestone for us. But today we are celebrating episode 90. We have Kate Curley. She's an entrepreneur and activist in the cannabis and hemp industry. Uh, She is well-connected in the space and has experience navigating the underground cannabis world while utilizing her connections to help educate the masses and to represent a shift in culture and motivate progress within the community. I know she has a huge social media following and she's very active. I see her, you know, speaking at various conferences all over the world um, and, you know, in the country, around the country as well. Uh, So this is going to be a really great conversation. I know Jared and I have kind of informally met Kate online. So we're excited to have you today on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Definitely a fan of you guys and what you're doing. And I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. So let's just get into it. I mean, I don't know much about your background. So maybe just tell us how you got into the cannabis and hemp space. Sure. So I, um, I'm from upstate New York. I was born and raised in upstate New York and lived there for most of my life. About five years ago, it'll be five years in September of 2020. Um, I decided to, it was really essentially that, that story that you hear of a leaving corporate life, just leaving your job one day and following your passion And that's what I did. I was in the healthcare industry. I'm a hearing specialist by school and trade. And um, while I'm so greatly still connected to um, that industry and that form of helping people, I really, I just felt such a greater force inside of me wanting um, more out of life and the world and, and helping people and educating People, So I, I did, I packed up my bags and just moved out to Colorado. Um, I had actually never been out here and I didn't know one person, but the, as woo woo as this may sound, uh, the universe really was pushing me and pointing to the state and just, it, it, it felt like it was a healthy place to go in, in so many manners. And I really wanted to get into the cannabis industry. Um, I was an advocate back in New York, very much alone in the sense. Um, I didn't really have many people to talk to about the plant and, um, I wanted to be part of the community in the industry. So yeah, September, 2015, I arrived in Colorado, uh, five year, five days after arriving in Colorado, I went to a meetup I had done uh, a lot of research online prior to that as well. I went to this meetup, and um, I'm sure as you guys know, once you meet one person in the industry, it's just pretty much history from there. You you meet one person, but you're really connected to the whole industry at that point. And yeah, it was history from there. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you predominantly do in this space? Are you educating like on the benefits of cannabis, like plant medicine and hemp or what do, what do you predominantly focus on? Yeah. So it's a whole array of things at this point. Uh, when I first moved out here, 
I was really passionate about uh, medicinal and medical cannabis. I had learned the benefits and knew that it had done healing for me as well. Once I, it was almost immediately once I got into the the industry and began going to events and um, connecting with people, I, of course, was learning so much about, about the plant. Um, you know, it was like an overload of information. Basically, every time I spoke to someone, there's just so much to know. There's still so much for me to learn. Uh, and I began learning more about the industrial properties of the plant and felt a really deep connection to that side of the industry. Um, when you walk into a hemp event, you are you're in a room full of people that are saying, okay, how do we take this plant and save the planet with it? And that is just such an amazing feeling. I had never been around a group of people like that, just so passionate in saving the earth and telling the truth of the industrial hemp plant. So um, it moved from medicinal cannabis, which I you know, still educate and advocate about, to industrial hemp as well. Um, about two years ago, I started learning more about psychedelics and their power of healing, um, and then more specifically mushrooms. And not only is you know mushroom are mushrooms a um, a psychedelic that can heal you, but they have industrial properties as well. And so I was seeing so many parallels between the cannabis and hemp plant and mushrooms. And I would say it's those three things at this point that I um, educate and advocate on the most. I do use my social media platforms, I'm coming out with a YouTube channel in the near future. I'm also coming out with the Kate Curley shop, which is it's a, a shop where you can go in and you find all of my trusted brands and resources um, daily. It, that's how it was when I had this idea and still to this day, uh, people reach out and say, hey, what is your recommended brand for hemp oil? I understand how confusing it can be. There's so much out there. Even people within the industry, um, you know, at times aren't really um, promoting the healthiest products. And I really go as far as regenerative agriculture, organic hemp, um, sustainable packaging, I take it that far when I consider a brand a good one. And so it's going to be a, a shop for people to go to and, you know, be able to uh, have a straight source to those brands. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have a another project that I've been in R&D for about three years with. It does have to do with industrial hemp. I'm super excited about it. Uh, there are some obstacles that have taken place within the past few months due to uh, the coronavirus, but that won't be stopping us. And um, I'm excited to talk about that more probably this fall. That's exciting. I think you have a great background really. And um, I think that's all very important. One thing though that came to mind was how do you keep it all straight? I mean, there's so many new areas you're stepping into. There's so much new information and, um, you know, I feel like a lot of the folks and even just the consumers in general are already behind the times with the hemp education and even more behind the times with the cannabis. Um, how is the how is the conversation to approach mushrooms, I guess, when we're still trying to tell people cannabis is, is totally fine. Hemp should totally be legal. Um, and then, you know, mushrooms. How does that conversation usually go? 
Yeah. Well, I can tell you it's it's not easy. And, you know, you said, how do you keep things straight? Um, I, I wouldn't say that my life is necessarily completely organized and straight. And it is difficult um, kind of hopping from from one form of advocacy to another, especially when they're so foreign to to most to be something that's healthy for the human body and the planet. I definitely do feel like I'm continuously fighting against a force and by that force it's you know the government or those that have been taught in school that psychedelics are bad and you know cannabis is bad it definitely puts a uh, a weight on on someone that is in this field and uh, it's I think that really a straight answer to that is meditation and sitting with myself often and just writing my thoughts down and, um, you know, remembering exactly who I am and, and why I'm advocating, how am I advocating and not letting the out, no, outside noise come in. Um, even just, we can just go to my family, for example, and, and Facebook, these are two, um, variables that, that play into the question that you had just asked. Um, so first my family saw me coming out of the closet more than ever with cannabis and advocating for it. And after a while it was like, okay, okay. You know, I, I see what she's saying and hemp is now illegal. And, you know, we've heard about the CBD. It is good for you. And then all of a sudden I'm talking about psychedelics and mushrooms. And it's just, it is that it, it leads to that very stereotypical and, uh, stigmatized thought of, you know, she what is wrong with her? Is she a hippie? Does she not have brain cells anymore? Why is, you know, why is she continuing to talk about these things that, um, aren't considered normal or, um, correct to the average person. And so there's definitely a lot of pushback and that's why it's just important for me to continue to sit with myself when I need to, you know, in meditation and just remember, again, who, who I am and, and what I'm fighting for. And also just looking to others that I consider mentors and, you know, listening into them or reading a book and just getting my mind straight, but it's definitely not easy. I could, I could see that. And that's kind of why I wanted to prompt that question because, um, I still have flack with just cannabis and, um, hemp was a bit of a battle, even just explaining to my family, CBD and explaining the difference between cannabis and CBD and hemp and, um, that cannabis sativa is hemp. And I mean, there's been a long road I've had to go down and, and really my road started over five years ago. And the reason that I got into cannabis is because I seen the, the healing properties and the industrial properties and the economic properties and the social properties. And there's a lot of properties, of the cannabis that are beneficial. Um, but moreover than that, I was definitely focused on the medicinal aspect of it. But in my studies, I found that there's a lot of other, you know, what would be termed psychedelics, I guess. Um, that had a lot more healing properties than even cannabis. Um, and it was just having that foundational knowledge of, you know, there's still more beyond cannabis, but how do you get there? And I still seen the path was definitely through cannabis. You have to kind of untangle this web that's been tied over the past 60 years or more, and then try to, you know, steer it in a, in a new direction. And so half of our work as advocates for cannabis and, and enthogenic uh, plants and psychedelics is literally just untangling the mess that's been created and then creating the new path forward based on facts and, and, you know, scientific data and all that. So 
I feel you on, on the struggle. And that's kind of why I prompted that question because um, I know I have that struggle myself. And um, that's kind of why we did the podcast really and kind of laid the foundation with 90 or so episodes with cannabis is to kind of um, kind of set the stage, I guess, for, for why we're doing this, but then also open the door for what's still to come. And there's definitely a lot of work still to come. Absolutely. And I think you, you know, hit it uh, right when you said that the scientific data and facts, you know, the science is what just continues to need, need to be shown to these individuals that um, understandably so um, are either against or are scared, uh, fearful of opening up to these, these different forms of, of nature and healing. Um, but science and, you know, research, it's just, we need more of it. We absolutely do. Yeah, I know, um, you know, there's some great research coming out with psilocybin and PTSD. And um, I'll just kind of encourage the users to go out and kind of do their own research and see what's out there. We're going to definitely have some folks on later in this season and, and kind of coming ahead to, to kind of dig into it with us. But start start poking around out there yourself. See what's out there. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that's out there, especially with mushrooms. Um, I know even just like regular mushrooms. Lucy and I have been learning a lot about just regular mushrooms like reishi and lion's mane mm-hmm. and uh, cordyceps and um, you know I think even just starting starting at a foundational step of just understanding that fungus and, and mushrooms and mycelium are an intrinsic property of of earth and nature and um, it's probably one of the most predominant you know kingdoms I guess in, in the world and uh, it's everywhere and I think when you start kind of with that knowledge you can kind of start to see why mushrooms would be conceal- considered a you know, medicinal herb or a plant-based medicine and um, not just in so much, uh, you know, a psychedelic sense, um, but even just in a wellness sense. I think there's a lot to it all. Absolutely. And it was actually the psilocybin um, that opened me up to more knowledge of mushrooms in general. Um, I would say about two and a half years ago, I, you could, you could say that I really wasn't much of a mushroom person. I don't necessarily enjoy eating raw or cooked mushrooms. Um, yet now I do every day via powder and it was, um, understanding a a whole, the kingdom of fungi, it's, it's capability that I was open to through psychedelics. Um, and I, I personally, I'm an advocate for, um, psychedelic therapy, but I, it's, it's not like I, uh, I don't trip often and I've only really done so a, a few times. I do, um, microdose often. And just through that, like I had said, I, I was just open to so much more research on mushrooms in general. And it's, it's interesting how complementary that kingdom is to cannabis you know, you've got the antioxidants, the cancer-fighting properties, immunity yeah. boosters, anti-inflammatory. Um, and then, you know, when we're talking talking about the um, psychedelic side of it, you've got the shifts in personality. And they say it will help dissolve the ego and increase creativity, um, help with anxiety, fear, depression, can manage addictions. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. And again, it's, it's very interesting how complementary cannabis and psychedelics and psilocybin are to one another. Absolutely. I think one of the most profound things I've seen so far with um, psilocybin and therapy has been 
into life therapy with with psilocybin and uh the profound kind of uh the profound change that folks see with that and most of the time i mean these are these are older folks who know that you know maybe they have a terminal illness or maybe somebody younger with a terminal illness and they're really kind of facing some some pretty insurmountable things i can't even fathom it and they do uh they do a therapy with the psilocybin and it really provides them some clarity and gives them some relief and um, even if they can live their final days with some peace and some understanding of their path in life and and to be able to kind of let go of some of the things that maybe been holding them down for years. Um, I think that alone is something that people should be cognizant of and, and supportive of because that's something that can totally change somebody's life and, and give them a greater outlook um, going forward. So there's, there's so many different aspects to explore with mushrooms from um, the psychedelic properties clear to the, just the healing properties. It's pretty fun. Uh, but now mm-hmm. I understand uh, that this is kind of coming into the mainstream now and uh, I want to talk about the, the NOCO Hemp Expo and, and how that's going, but just to kind of to kind of tail into that a little bit, you guys also have a mushroom pavilion, is that correct? Yeah. So the, the NOCO Hemp Expo, the seventh annual, was to take place the last weekend of March. And um, <laughs> I think it was probably the first weekend of March, we were in uh, California for New Hope's um, Expo West, which is the largest uh, natural products expo on the planet. And we arrived, so did the 100,000 attendees, and we were informed um, the night that it was to start that it was being canceled. And uh, that was a huge shock. And, you know, as the NOCO team was surrounded by many hempsters during that um, weekend. And it was very much um, encouraged to not cancel NOCO. This is a really big expo. Well, it's the largest hemp expo on the planet. And this is the expo for the hemp industry. This is where the deals are done and and sealed. And, you know, 2020 um, deals are, are started. And so it was a huge shock, this entire COVID crisis, and, uh, you know, within a week, the event was actually canceled. One of the things that the team was most excited for was the Mushroom Pavilion. So this would have been the first Mushroom Pavilion at the Expo and um, really one of, it, one of a kind. Um, you don't hear of Mushroom Expos or Summits or Pavilions, really. And so um, this, this was... This was going to be a pioneer and kind of a, a transcending pavilion for um, individuals that, that came to the expo. And you, you had a booth that was talking about psychedelics, but everything else was the um, nutritional and industrial side of the plant. So it, it very much paralleled what NOCO is. NOCO is an expo that is based on the um, nutraceutical and industrial side of hemp. And that was the same thing with this mushroom pavilion was going to be. It was going to be the nutraceutical industrial side of mushrooms. Um, Many don't know that you can make textiles out of mushrooms. Um, I've had mushroom rubber shoes in my hands. I've, I've held a mushroom hat. Um, you can make packaging out of it. It's definitely a, um, a step forward into the, um, you know, the help of climate change and the climate crisis and sustainability. 
Um, again, like we were talking about just a bit ago, it's just cannabis and mushrooms very much complement one another. And it's all about the betterment of the human body and the planet as a whole. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I was looking the other day, we were able to listen to the Earth Week that NOCO hosted online, which was a very cool online event. I know you guys had to quickly pivot and you did a great job yeah. doing so. Uh, but I mean, even that, I mean, that was a free event that people can just jump in online and listen to a host of different speakers talking about, like Kate was saying, all different types of things from like industrial hemp to, you know, the nutritional benefits of hemp and just like a healthy, active lifestyle using hemp based food products and things of that nature. Um, so we were really excited about the Mushroom Pavilion. Hopefully that'll still be happening in August and fingers crossed that the event will still be live. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers are crossed. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty going forward, but um, the team is really focused on positivity. And, you know, like I said before, this is the industry's event. So it's, it's so important that this event happens, not just, you know, to have an event, mm -hmm. but for the industry to gather and discuss and and like I was saying, do deals and, and close out what needs to be done and, and learn. Um, it's, it's a really important space for everyone to gather. So they're, they're really moving forward positively, um, keeping the industry in mind and how important it is for them. Um, the Earth Week definitely was a very quick pivot. <laughs> um, they, the team wasn't necessarily uh, skilled in you know, a virtual conference, but they knew that they had to do something. Uh, this was the 50th anniversary of Earth Day as well that was coming up. And um, there was a large partnership with EarthX, which is um, a large expo that takes place in Dallas, Texas during Earth Week. And so that had to go online as well. Um, but it was definitely the team put everything into it. I mean, they woke up every day and worked as hard as they could until they went to bed to create, create this platform. And, you know, while, um, the expo of course needs to have a form of income to continue on, um, as they've been, you know, living the, the past year, um, based on projected outcomes that, you know, didn't necessarily happen in March because the expo didn't take place they looked at everything and just said, you know, under these circumstances, this needs to be a free event. We need to make sure that anyone that wants to get in can. Uh, it's a really important time for people to be learning about this plant more than ever and to have access. So yeah, they did a great job. Definitely really proud of them. No, they yeah. really did. Yeah, I was down with it. It was the first one we seen that was like interactive, and it really felt like we were literally at a virtual trade show. <laughs> we like you could like Lucy, walk down the expo hall. Yeah, Lucy popped on, and she's like, "Look, you can walk the expo hall." And I, we were like mind blown. And you guys had like the exhibition hall and the chat, um, the chat room. I thought was great. Uh, and one thing I think, and we had one of our friends prompt us today when we were on the phone with them, and he was like, "Man, you guys, you know." I'm, I'm really missing this like in-person stuff. I have to say, you know, it's really starting to get to me mm -hmm. and uh, I feel him. And I think there's a ton of other people that feel the same that these, these networking events at the conference shows are more than just, you know, having a drink and saying hi and slapping hands and calling it a day. It's, there's definitely a lot too. There's clearly the social aspect of it. Uh, there's clearly the economic aspect of it, of closing deals, but there's just something about an in-person event. That's really nice. You get to see all your friends and, 
and see what's new. And um, I really thought that you guys did a wonderful job of trying to to bring that back in some form. Um, you know, while webinars are great and getting on Zoom with everybody's great, it just it's not the same. And so I think you know I just have to say hands off to you guys. You guys did a great job pulling that together. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, um, I agree. the The lack of you know interaction is definitely starting to take a toll. I can say, like for myself and my close quote unquote family, we were like travelers together, you know, at least like every two weeks we were going to a new state, to a new location to educate, advocate, um, check out innovations. And it's definitely hard with that just coming to a halt. Um, and you know, so in regards to NOCO, I, the, the piece of the puzzle that I fit into is I, um, manage their social media or part of it, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't part of the development of the expo. And so I, I didn't, I knew somewhat what to expect, but I too was kind of like, oh yeah, it's, you know, I, I kind of was, had Zoom in mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. and didn't not Zoom. <laughs> yeah, like we all did, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And I was blown away. And I, during the uh, some of the live chats, when it first got started, I had friends messaging me that I hadn't spoken to in months and were like, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it did feel like I was walking onto an expo floor. And I also wasn't expecting this necessarily, but I, I had business deals done as well. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I had people reach out to me. I stepped into booths, had conversations <laughs> and I was like, I felt like I was walking away from an actual expo. So yeah, it was cool. And absolutely, you know, props to them. Yeah. That's yeah, great. That cool. And then they're doing another one right in June. Yeah. So this one they're saying it's going to be like earth week on steroids. Um, they will also be, it will be open for longer, um, for people to be able to go in and watch the chats. And I think they are going to expand much more with, uh, different types of hallways, auditoriums. Maybe there even will be a mushroom pavilion. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be incorporating a lot of the NOCO seven ideas into this experience hemp 1.0 as they're calling it mm-hmm. um, because while they're absolutely looking in a positive way uh, with noco 7 happening in august it's it's still a bit down the road and you know things need to happen people need to talk and education needs to happen so they yeah, uh, they plan on making it a big one yeah well, for anybody who needs to know anything about hemp, like I highly encourage you to look up NOCO Hemp on their website, look them up on their Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's a great expo to be a part of. And it's even better. I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, obviously COVID's an awful thing, but what I found is it is kind of nice that you can do these virtual events because now you have people from all over who maybe wouldn't be able to travel, you know, to Colorado for the event. Now they can jump online and get that same informa- information. So I definitely think that is one silver lining to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and kind of um, wrap up. I wanted to, you know, I know you've talked to a bunch of people over the years and, you know, you've had your stories and, you know, things you've inspired to do. So what would be some good advice you have to some young entrepreneurs looking to, you know, join the industry and advocate for the plant? Hmm. Well, 
You know, the thing that really does come to mind is that when you enter this industry, especially um, those that have been in it for some time, um, there there can be a tendency to gain a unnecessary ego and look down on those that are, you know, quote unquote, new to the space. And it can be very intimidating. Um, you want to gain the likes of, you know, your mentors and your peers. And it's, it's a difficult space, you know, for things that we discussed earlier with just always fighting against a force and people do get tired and feel like they've got a big weight on their shoulders. So, um, the energy that you have, which is very excited and hopeful going into the space can be weighed down a little bit by that um, ego and tiredness of others. And um, my advice would be to just stay true to yourself. Know that you don't owe anyone else anything else. Um, Your relationship with the plant is no one else's business. Uh, The plant would never judge you for entering the space uh, a month from now or 10 years from now. That's your connection and and your business. Um, So to just keep your head high and know that you don't owe anyone anything. I like that. I think that's that's something we personally haven't really touched on a lot on this show, and I think we probably should do more. Um, I experienced the same thing when I came into the industry. Um, From a different angle, though, I started in sales and... They always told me they were sending me to the dog house or the dog pit when they'd send me up to Denver to go sale stuff because everybody in Denver had the best weed. Everybody. Mm. I've met, I mean, I'd meet hundreds of people and they'd all tell me, I have the best. I have the best, hands down. I don't need anything. It's I have the best. And then, you know, you start, after you hear a hundred of them, you're like, well, somebody has to be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you just start realizing that after a while, um, people are very proud of what they've done. People are very prideful of, you know, their 20 years of cultivation experience or extraction or advocacy. And, um, there's a certain level of pride that kind of goes with it. And, um, I think what you you what you said is totally right. And I think you have to just, you know, take a step back and not get caught up. If somebody does project their ego on, on you and, um, they're very prideful about what they've done or what they're doing. And you just kind of have to just stay in your own lane and, and just do it for whatever you're trying to get out of it and just focus on yourself and, um, keep moving forward. Um, that's just all you can do, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the advice that you provided, it, it, you, you can really see it in, like, your Facebook and Instagram posts, just for example. Like, you know, I don't really know you that well, but, you know, based off what you just said, I can definitely see all of that shine through, the authenticity that you have and your passion for the plant and, you know, not really caring what anybody else thinks, really just, you know, voicing your opinions and the facts and, you know, just moving forward. So for anybody who is interested in following Kate, definitely find her on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Her website is, what is it, katecurley.com, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, follow her online. She's a really amazing advocate. I'm really interested in the shop. Uh, because based off what you said at the beginning, I mean, we still have those questions all the time. Oh People are reaching out to us mm-hmm. about CBD and hemp-based products. And, you know, we have a small list of two to three maybe that we can go to. So that is a very valuable resource for somebody who, you know, has had a lot of contact with these companies and is really doing her research and has a passion for, you know, quality products. So we're really excited for that to open. I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Thank you. Thanks so much for the kind words. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the shop opening as well. Hopefully 
with having a little bit more time home during this COVID crisis, I can get it completed. Mm-hmm. Um, there will actually be some mushroom products on there as well. Ooh, and, stuff. Yeah. And the, from the hemp to the mushroom products, it's um, both centered around humans and animals. So I love it. Well, be like there a one-stop shop shoot we just bought some <laughs> mushroom just, coffee last week yeah. so we've been dabbling in mushroom coffee and tea so it's good stuff <laughs> and of course we eat our mushrooms <laughs> we, had, we had mushrooms last night i don't know we have mushrooms tonight some good eat your mushrooms people <laughs> yeah i've really been trying to incorporate them into my smoothies every day mm. oh nice as like a powder form or yeah cool which which mushrooms specifically uh, lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the three main ones that I have now. And then I will, it's usually like every three days I take a, so what I consider a microdose for psilocybin. I don't think most would consider that. It's like a super, super, super microdose, um, really tiny pinch. I just put on the tip of my tongue and, and swallow it and, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a mushroom as well. <laughs> yeah, the mushrooms provide a ton of energy. That's a lot. Absolutely. That's good yeah. Well, and I, I really see what I see from it when I when I do microdose is, you know, I've got so much to do, so many thoughts, and I feel like I take a step outside of my body a little bit. I don't feel anything physically. There's no tripping sensation in any form, um, but I it kind of lets me take a step back and organize everything. I feel like it makes me smarter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. More yeah. focused mm-hmm. for sure. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm excited to, to dig in more. We'll have to have you back on once, once we kind of open the door and, and kind of lay the foundation for what we're doing here. We're going to have you back on and uh, hopefully by then you'll have a bunch of new little cool facts and, and fun figures and stuff to share with us about mushrooms. Yeah, I'm for excited. sure. Absolutely. I love that. Cool. All right, Kate. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Um, everybody find Kate Curley online at C-U-R-L-E-Y. And then also look up the NOCO Hemp Expo. Lots of fun things coming soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, you guys. With that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.